Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. It's like one of those Selah moments. Ooh, Praise God. <laughs> uh, Billy Wilder, he, uh, he said that hindsight is always 2020. Hindsight vision is always 2020. What does that mean? Well, it means that it's easy to know the right thing to do after something has happened. But it's always difficult to predict the future, right? Hindsight means thinking about things after they've happened. You know, those people that can look back on the past and understand what happened, how it happened, why it happened. They're they're said to have hindsight. Let me explain. You ever ever go through an experience, a a storm in life? Normally these happen in, in our storms, in our crisis, in our difficult moments. And because they're difficult moments, things seem to get a little clouded, don't they? When we're emotionally invested, we could give the best advice to people, but, but once something hits the house, all of a sudden we can't think straight. Why? Why, why can't we think straight? We get so caught up with the distractions, with the emotional baggage that we carry with it, and, and it's not until after we've gone through the experience that then we can kind of look back at the experience and we could see God in it. We analyze it. Begin to see the things that we didn't see before when we were going through it. Right? The, the way the situation unfolded. How so-and-so uh, came at, at the right time. How, how the money just happened to have shown up. Or if the money didn't show up, how the bill disappeared. Come on, God works in ways that are beyond our comprehensions. What was obscure while going through it becomes crystal clear looking back at it. Come on, that's right. That's worth writing down. (laughs) That's that's one of those points. What, What was obscure while you were going through it becomes crystal clear looking back at it. Because when you're in the middle of it, you you can only see what's in front of you. Too many emotions, too many distractions. It's hard to think straight, let alone see straight. Hmm. I believe that in the sequence of time, we are now in the year 2020. And I feel impressed that 2020 will be a year of clarity. That we will see things clearly. That our vision will now be Focus the things that were once obscure that didn't make sense now suddenly will become clear to us. Those things that didn't make sense will now be understood. A couple of weeks ago, a word was spoken over us as a church corporately, and that word was acceleration. Acceleration. Things will begin to happen suddenly. How many people know that we serve a suddenly God? You could be waiting and waiting and waiting and you need all of these things to happen and it's not happening. But all of a sudden, when God releases it, it's amazing how quickly things can progress with God. 
suddenly we will see his promises come to pass. And surely the newness has already begun. Even as I'm talking about this, even as God was depositing this into my spirit, as I was listening unto the Lord, things already began to change. Suddenly, suddenly, we as a church are being launched almost into the next season, into the next level. I'm excited to see changes happening. How many people are afraid of change? You're afraid of change? You're afraid of change? Okay. Close your ears. Close your ears. Things are about to change. Things are about to change. Hallelujah. <laughs> it scares me and it excites me. The flesh is fearful, but my spirit is soaring in the Lord. Woo! We're being launched into a new season and into a new year that's in a new decade. Hallelujah. 2020 will be a year of community building, built on Jesus. As the world gets darker, we will get brighter. It's no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. And and we're going to pursue that his life, his life, the thing that unites each and every one of us from different tongues, creeds, races, colors, United as one in Christ. Brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hallelujah. And so this year, this is a new year. Can we dim the lights and uh, get the video up? We'll cut you guys some slack. Don't worry about it. The pressure. Marco's like breaking under pressure right now. We've seen a lot this year. Hatred and division. Acceptance and hope. We've seen a lot this year. Those that would like to help in the media team can sign up at the. <laughs> I do know we did sign up someone new on the media team this morning. I got I got word, praise God. Uh huh. Kevy Kev, put right back to work, my brother. Praise God. I could go beyond it, Oscar. <laughs> what was that? We've seen a lot this year. Hatred and division. Acceptance and hope. We've met new people and said goodbye to others. 
We've seen war and violence and experienced love and peace. We've seen controversy and we've seen community. But the one constant, the one thread running through it all has been Jesus. He has never left us, never forsaken us. He's the same today as he was yesterday. In our darkest moments, he was our light. In our deepest fears, he was our confidence. In our victories, he was our strength. In our failures, he was our grace. His love for us has never failed. As we begin a new year, let's make it our mission to be more like Jesus. To love more, care deeper, stand stronger, serve passionately, share constantly. May our faith be more than a title. May the very fabric of our being be consumed with Jesus. This is our calling. This is our mission. This is a new year. Amen. As we begin this new year, um, as we do almost, it's, it's, it's our, it's our um, practice every year to start the year in, in a time of fasting, in a time of prayer. Amen. Um, and so we're calling for a corporate fast. It's, uh, it's going to run from tomorrow, the 6th, running for 21 days. We call it the 21 days of hunger. And so we're going we're gonna to break our fast um, on Sunday, the 26th. And so Sunday, the 26th, mark your calendar, um, we'll be breaking our fast corporately. And so we'll be having lunch together. So I'm saying mark the date so you don't have to run out of here and, and you know, try to beat the other churches to the diner. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be sharing and, and eating and, and breaking that meal together and breaking our fast together as a church. Amen? Amen? So we'll have a church lunch that day set up for us on the 26th. Now, uh, before I go on to, you know, what we will be eating, because obviously, you know, I always get concerned before the fast. Like, I want to get it in. You know what I mean? And, and, um... Hannah, Hannah, Hannah made a flan. It's like a Spanish kind of custard that's delicious. I mean, and, and, and then yesterday, Oscar and Yasmin show up at the house, and she had a tray of tres leche. That's, that's, that's this delicious cake, and it's got like this condensed milk in it, and it's got, it's like it's juicy and moist. And, it, and then she, you know, Yaz, Yaz bakes, and so she you had that homemade heavy cream that was like, whipped together and, and kind of sitting on the icing of so as I was as I was finalizing this message yesterday <laughs> I was I was filling up <laughs> I was filling up I got like I got like sugar twitches so so before I go into what we will be eating let's talk about what we won't be eating <laughs> um, for the next 21 days amen Distributed this morning is our uh, frequently asked questions on fasting. So they're on the seats next to you, um, beside you. 
And so it's frequently asked questions on the fastings and some do's and don'ts. I'm not going to kind of read it, but it, it, it's, it's information for you. Answers some questions like, does fasting make me holy? Is it important to pray during a fast? Someone's like, duh, some people may not know. Here's, yeah. How might my body be affected? It's important to know. There's medical conditions, physiological conditions, uh, Keeping yourself up with fluids depending on the fast that you choose to do for yourself. Amen. What if I have medical issues? Some people, if you're on medication, you, you may want to consult a physician uh, before, before you actually start this off. Um, are there in situations when I should pause from the fast? And ultimately then, at the very end, how do I end the fast? Because there's a transition. Your body goes into kind of a little bit of a shock. You cut all the sugar out and you cut all of this you know heavy meals and 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 the king choice foods we'll get into that but you go back down into that kind of bare minimal for survival we don't we don't live to eat we eat to live and it's time to kind of put things in their right priorities amen that's what fasting does what kind of fasting are we going to do corporately um, on the other side of the sheet, it's got three options. Three options. Okay? Option number one is a single meal fast. Um, and so then that means that, you know, uh, you're going you're gonna to give up. You're only going to have one meal throughout the course of the day. And so what people will do is they'll give up their breakfast and they'll give up their lunch. And, and so they'll have dinner. And so the dinner is encouraged for you to choose, make a healthy choice on your dinner. Greens, fluid, soup, you know, to, to, to hydrate yourself. And so then you basically go through the course of the day without having any meals. You know, water, you hydrate yourself and stuff. But, but you're, you're fasting and so you're, you're only going to have that one meal for the day. Some people may, you know, if you have medication stuff, you may want to choose option two. Option two is you could eat through the course of the day. But what you do is you're, you're, you're basically going to a vegan diet. Uh, many people call it a Daniel fast. And if we go back into the book of Daniel, we'll see how he fasted. And in his fast, he gave up all of the king's choice meats and breads and carbs. And, and all he did was he went vegan. He went to his vegetables. And uh, vegetables, fruits, some certain grains like quinoa and, you know, that. That's, uh, that. And so you can eat. You know, you can have a lunch and you can have your dinner, but, but it's com your, your diet becomes completely altered. You're giving up all of the choice stuff and you're coming back into the, into, into the green stuff. That, don't, nobody be looking over at my godson. That's my godson over there. Like, you know, he's just agreeing with us. Amen. <laughs> and, and then the last option is for those, for those of you, um, some of you may be on heavy medication. Um, Maybe you have to have food. Now, this is where I got to be careful as your pastor. I don't, I don't want to give you a license to, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm off limits. There's sometimes, you know, <laughs> Rose used to make me laugh, pastor and, and Rose, because pastor was like, you know, oh, I got to take medication. And Rose, his wife, being a nurse, you say, uh, a saltine cracker will do for that medication, pastor. Right? Can you see her face doing that? <laughs> you know, a saltine crack is enough. 
So, so I want to be careful and, and say, you know, oh, you got, oh, I'm taking medication. I can't fast. Listen, don't let the devil come up and get, make some excuses up in your head. All right. I believe option three, they call it a media fast. And those that can't modify their diet due to medical reasons, you may consider like a non-food fast, giving up TV, computer use, secular music, sports, video games, etc. You don't need to consult your physician for that. All right? You don't need to consult your physician. However, as your pastor, can I tell you, as I study the scriptures, as I know, fasting, as far as the Bible's concerned, is always food. It's always food and liquid. It's always food and liquid. When you deny your body something that it needs to survive, you are taking control. The belly is not the boss. You're the boss of your belly. And that's what fasting is. It's, it's gaining that control. We'll get deeper into it a little bit. I believe that whatever you choose, whether option one or option two, option three should be a part of it. Come on. I want to get hit with tomatoes. If you're giving up the meal, replace the meal with spiritual nutrition. Come on. Go, get into your word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get into your word. Get into your devotion. Choose a passage of scripture. Have an opportunity for prayer time. Have a prayer list so that when you go out for your lunch break, rather than going out and feeding the belly, Go out and feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me a passage of scripture that I never really utilized with fasting. It doesn't jump out immediately. But I was like, Lord, this is where you want me to go. He took me to the book of Acts, Acts 9.9. But in order for us to really understand Acts 9, we have to take a look at it within its context. And so if you would open up your Bibles... To the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. For those of you who are fancy, you can uh, thumb through your device up to the passage. <laughs> we're, we're a high-tech church. Look at everybody pulling out their phones. <laughs> Praise God. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats under and murder against the disciples of the Lord. I love the way the Bible just kind of puts that. While he was still breathing threats, like sneering murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found any who were of the way, capital W, those that were of the way. Who is he talking about there? Not talking about religious people. He's talking about lifestyle people. This isn't, this isn't a matter of the do's and don'ts. This is a matter of how these people are beginning to live. Why are they different? Their life looks different than everybody else's life. Their, their ways are different. Come on, you know somebody when you see certain ways about them. Huh? I mean, people, I don't know, that's a little suspect. Uh, he got certain ways about him. Here, Paul was speaking that he wanted to go against these people that he found, any who were of the way of this lifestyle, whether men or women. He didn't care. 
that he might bring them bound, imprisoned to Jerusalem to stand trial. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, (laughs) I love the fact that we serve a suddenly God. A light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate or drank. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your presence here this morning. I thank you for the praise and for the worship, O Lord God. You said that you would inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we exalt your name for for the things. Not not what we're asking you for, but, but for what you've already done. God, the salvation of our souls. Thank you for the redemption, O Father God. Calling us out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. Thank you. I pray right now, oh God, that you would fill my mouth with the words that this congregation needs to hear. Let your word be as a double-edged sword, piercing up to the division of the soul and spirit, the bone and marrow, oh God. Let your work accomplish the purpose for which you sent it out this morning. And we declare it in the power of your Holy Spirit and in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. For three days he was blind. He didn't see, he didn't drink, he didn't eat. Oftentimes, to simplify my life, those times when things get a little cloudy and obscure, I, I, I need clarity. I, I like having clarity. The, the clearer I can see something, the more confident I am going into it. Amen? I, I need to be able to see the path that God has for me. Because sometimes if, if we don't see that path... It, It can be easy to get off track, easy to get distracted. If we're not in the word, how can we know that we're really fulfilling God's purpose and his will? How do we know when it's God's will or man's will? How do we know when it's his purpose or my desire? How do we know? The Bible is a good place to start. But here's Saul and he was a man of the word. Saul was a man of the word. This is what's scary, fam. This is a man who was a Pharisee of Pharisees under Gamaliel. I mean, he, he, he studied under the teachers of teachers. I mean, this guy was a student. He was a Pharisee. He was a leader he, uh, within his own rights. Bar Mitzvah at the age of 13, circumcised on the eighth day. This dude was a Jew of Jews. And here he was, in his mindset, he had it right. 
He was doing the will of God. This was God's purpose. This is God's plan. I'm going to go out there and find these people, imprison them, and bring them back to Jerusalem to stand trial. These, these, these people, these followers of the way. Amazing how in life, some things have to be made weaker in order to eventually be made stronger. Sometimes, sometimes God has to strike us with blindness for us to be able to see. Come on. Huh? What, what is it? I mean, I mean, knew it. I once was blind, but now, now I see. What is it that we get so caught up and, 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 and our vision is only what's before us, what our desire is, what, what we think is right? But his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. They're waiting for a Messiah, for some sort of a, a, a military leader that's going to free them from the impression of Rome. Meanwhile, God's plan for Messiah was that he would come to forgive the sins of all of creation. That all of his children, even the earth which groans with pangs, will be redeemed through Jesus Christ. This went further and greater than just Jerusalem and Israel. But this was all of creation. In that moment of crisis in his life, Saul found clarity through fasting. He, he fasted. The anguish. Sometimes you go through something that just so devastates you, you lose all appetite. In the dark, he was being led to the light. Our pride can lead us down the wrong road. Our priorities get clouded and our schedules get crowded to the point that we lose sight of what's really important. We begin living by our pressures instead of our priorities. Come on. <laughs> That's a good one to write down. Uh, we, 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 we respond. We, rea we react rather than engaging and initiating. We're, we're living our lives just on a responsive nature of the things that are happening around us rather than taking a hold of it and leading it and controlling it. He's, his purpose for you is to be the head and not the tail. To be the lender and not the borrower. To, to be above the, the society norm. But we get so caught up just reacting and responding to the situations around us rather than creating them. Woo! We begin living by our pressures instead of our priorities. And if this describes you in any way as it does describe me, my suggestion, simple as it is, we got to stop. Just stop it in its tracks. Let's simplify our lives by finding clarity through the ancient spiritual discipline of fasting. You know, fasting was so part of the Jewish lifestyle that you don't really see it or, you know, it's, it's not that prevalent. They don't, they don't make it or, or push it so much because of the fact that it was part of, culturally, their lifestyle. They fasted. They fasted on a weekly basis. They fasted on the high holy days. They fasted. They fasted when they were getting ready for Shabbat. They fasted. They, they were a fasting people. They were disciplined people. 
I don't know why, but it's so, almost so foreign for, for this Western culture, for the church here in America. Oh, nobody wants to suffer. Oh, you one of those churches? Oh, we don't want to hear that. I just want to hear the good stuff. Tell me the promises. God is greater. God is greater than your vision. Now, only you can choose the fast that you will do, whether option one, option two, or option three. I believe that option three should be included in option one and option two as you do them, enabling you to refocus your time, energy, attention to what you've been missing. I plan, I want to shut down social media. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard. I, part of what we do in regards to creating content, evangelizing social media is a platform. We have an, uh, 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 an online platform church. We've got over 250 people, uh, 300 people every week that download the messages with independent IP addresses. We don't even know who they are. But imagine we're seeing all of us, plus there's another 300 of us that's all throughout the world that's listening, that's tied into what God is speaking through this church. During your fast time, you should continually be thinking about God as you go about your daily routines. Make it a time of super sensitivity to the spirit. At the designated meal times, you should have something prepared to do, whether praying for a specific situation, meditating on a piece of scripture. Doing your devotional. You can't see it now, but through fasting, you will gain clarity. You will gain clarity. Through fasting, we can have our eyes circumcised. What you talking about, Pastor? What you talking about? I've heard of having your <laughs> circumcised. I've heard of having your heart circumcised. Eyes? <laughs> Acts chapter 9. Verse 10 through 19. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision... He has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to me, that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some time, some days with the disciples. 
in Damascus. First of all, I'm always amazed at, at how wherever you're going, wherever God is leading you, wherever he's sending you to, as unknown, as mysterious as it is to you, God already has someone there waiting for you. You think we're alone. You think you're going to a different territory, to some place unknown. And yet when you arrive there, someone is there. A brother, a sister, someone like-minded that pray with you, fast with you, move the kingdom of God with you. You think you don't know where you're going, but God knows everything. And already, already has someone there waiting for you. Where was Ananias when Paul was arriving to Damascus? <laughs> Ananias was already in Damascus. <laughs> he was already there. Second of all, I love the fact that when Jesus was telling him to go, where'd he go? To the, to the street called, come on. Now, now when I looked up, when I looked this up, the, the street named Straight was called Straight because it was, the, it was a direct from the, from the west to the east. It was a straight road and it was called Straight. But as I'm praying and, and seeking the Lord out, I couldn't help but to understand how in the scriptures, straight paths are always figurative of God's righteousness. Isaiah uh, 43 and 5, the verse of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places will be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. Isn't that what we're seeing today? Don't we see that in the church? Huh? What were your, what were some of your ways in your BC days? You know, come on. Everybody has some BC days before Christ. Who were you when you were running out in the world? What were, what were some of your ways? What they, what your ways look like? Were they straight? I don't know, man. Sometimes I thought that path for me was a circle because I just kept winding up in the same place time and time again. I just couldn't get out. It was a vicious cycle, man. <laughs> kind of road is this, man? I just got to get up out of here, bro. Can I just get, get out? Years and years in the same place. Lord, come on. Make straight the path for me, oh God. And change it up. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 12 and 13, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Those things in your life feels like a dislocated joint. It, 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 it feels like something's just off. Your body is off. You ever notice that you could have something with your knee? Your knee is hurt, and you begin to kind of like, you know, you you want to you, you want to you, you uh, 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 lighten it up a little bit, so you start compensating, so you get a little bit of a limp, so so it don't hurt as much. But because now you're you're trying to take care of the pain here, now all of a sudden you got other pain, and you got things start happening. Come on, am I the only one that's getting old in this house? Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel things like. 
you get one thing that's off and everything else comes off. Oh, but when, when our paths are made straight, oh my God, God brings us to new territories, brings us to new places, uh, new successes, hallelujah. Having straight paths for our feet, the road that we're traveling. Fasting reveals the things in your life that control you. Come on, get ready. Get ready. Fasting reveals the thing in your life that control you. It's interesting how many things come up when you're fasting. Anger, pride, jealousy, habits. We're, we're all creatures of... It's just some are bad and some are... Huh? You'll know which habits are bad. What's, what's controlling you? These negative things are the things to work through while we are fasting so that you can be transformed into the image of Christ. Once God has revealed to you the things that are controlling you, what you deny your belly food, what it needs to survive, and all of these things start coming out, surfacing. Now we bring these to the Lord. It's our promptings. What are we fasting for? Broke broken shackles, broken chains, fasting for freedom. God, if this is an area that's hindering me, if this is something that's holding me back, oh God, now during this fast, I'm praying, I'm laying it down. Break this, cut it off. Let the scales come off my eyes. Circumcise my heart. Fasting helps keep your life in balance. Helps keep your life in balance. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and 17. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In the Greek, he really saying, I will not be made a slave by any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but it's for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ, this body, and make it a member of a harlot? Certainly not. Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who has been joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. These are those soul ties with, 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 you know, uh, with, with sexual immorality and sex outside of the marriage. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Fasting allows us to become one spirit with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Fasting reveals those things that control us. And so when we fast, get ready. Because some of our nastiest character traits are going to be brought to the surface. Those fleshy lust, irritability, jealousy, like I stated. These are just some of the things that, 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 that come to the surface. These revelations are good. They're healthy. However, because we are forced to deal with them directly... People will often say something like this. I don't know, man. Fasting makes me irritable. And I'm like, dude, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you are irritable. 
If you can learn not to be irritable while you're fasting, imagine how much easier it'll be on a full stomach. Come on. If you can avoid feeling jealous on a fast, imagine how easy it'll do when, when, when you're feeling right. Fasting unlocks spiritual power, family. When we stop relying on fleshly source of power, the power of God is able to fully envelop and fill us. Amen? I find I, I speak with more authority and more power while I'm fasting. I find I do everything with more spiritual power and authority because as we're fasting, we're killing off the flesh and strengthening the spirit. Now, now when I present and come before the Lord, I don't have to feel like a hypocrite. I don't have to feel like I'm hiding something. I don't have to feel. Why? Because I am truly consecrated unto him. So there's, there's a sense of authority that comes when you know that you are in alignment with the will of God. Begin to speak those things that are not as if though they are. Begin to declare and proclaim the promises of God over your loved ones. There's an authority that comes as you, as you kill off the flesh. Romans 8.13 says, If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The Holy Spirit and our flesh are at an epic conflict with one another. I mean, it's in Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit that dwells inside believers wants to live for God. But for most of our lives, we have trained ourselves to obey our natural flesh, which is against God and even hostile towards God. The flesh wants to live for and please ourselves. The Spirit wants to live for and please God. And so there's a war. Family, it's a war that's going on inside of you. The flesh warring against the spirit and the spirit warring against the flesh. Who's going to come out on top? It's the dog you feed. It's the dog you nourish. So many of us, we're always feeding the flesh and, and the spirit's malnutrition. Fasting is where we get the spirit well-nutrition and we malnutrition the flesh. We turn this thing around. The good news is that our flesh can be retrained to more naturally obey the Holy Spirit. How do we retrain our flesh? How do we retrain our flesh? By putting to death the deeds of the body. The verb to put to death in Romans 18, thanatu, which literally means to kill, to mortify, to make dead. So what are we supposed to do with our fleshly desires? The Bible says, kill them off. Cut them off. Cut their supply of nutrients. Turn off that TV. Turn off that radio. Stop listening to those people. Cut off the nutrition that's feeding that flesh and open up the floodgates of heaven to feed the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul, Paul even puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 9.27. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. The Greek literally means I, I pummel my body. I, I subject it. I beat it into submission. I, I make it my slave. I'm not a slave to my body. 
My body is a slave to me. I'm in charge. Hallelujah. It's a war. Why show the opponent any mercy? Especially when that opponent is, is the evil that's inside of us. Why show it mercy? Rear naked choke. I don't care if it types out or not. It's, I'm putting it to sleep. Galatians 5, 19, 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Sorcery means, uh, the, the Greek word is pharmakasia, which is pharmacy. The drug addiction, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you. As I warned you before, that those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How does fasting kill off evil desires? All right, let's bring this back to fasting. When we fast, we learn to say no to the body's most basic and most powerful desire, food. I've been susceptible to comfort eating. It's a real thing. Simply put, if you can gain control of your body's basic desire for food, you can learn to control your body's desire for anything else. I often put it this way. Once you learn to say no to food, lust is no problem. Mastering the highest level of spiritual discipline gains you instant mastery over the lower ones. Come on, that's... Mastering the highest level of spiritual discipline, saying no to something your body needs to survive, gains you instant mastery over the lower ones. If you could say something to say no to that, everything else then becomes easy. Nothing teaches our flesh to submit to the spirit more powerfully than fasting. Fasting breaks spiritual bondages. Come on. It is a better it is a bitter death blow to the flesh. And once the flesh is mastered by fasting, it no longer has control over you. It stops being your default reaction. You're free to live unto God. As we begin our corporate fast, I'd like to ask if there's anyone here who does not know the Lord personally. You have not had a born-again experience. Do you want to receive His grace here this morning? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just set up an altar before the Lord. Are you saved? I mean, has God touched your heart and awakened the spirit man inside? If you haven't had that experience, you don't, you don't have to go and leave this place without it. If you want to know the Lord at this level, to have the confidence of knowing that you have eternal salvation of your soul. That the things that pulled you away from God are now forgiven and cleansed. Your conscience no longer weighty. If that's you this morning, let me see your hand real quick. I just want to pray for you. Salvation is in the house this morning. Come on. Hallelujah personal relationships with the living God. Praise you. Praise you. Do you need healing for your body or for your mind?
Is there sickness that you're fighting? Amen. I see that hand. Depression. Bound by psychological captivity. Do you need the peace of God? He wants to make you whole. And this is a place of healing. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me this morning, church? This fast is not a, 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 a ritual thing. It's not a religious thing. Family, this is something that we're, we do to, to, to get closer unto the Lord. It's disciplining the flesh. It's mortifying it. It's killing it off. Killing the flesh. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this word. I thank you, Lord God, for the truth that you reveal through it. I pray, Lord Father God, that as we corporately set out upon this fast, that you will unite us as a community, as a church. That we would begin to pray for one another, oh God. That the areas in our lives that, that are hard to submit to your obedience, oh God, that these chains and shackles will be broken in the name of Jesus. That there would be deliverance, oh Father God, in your house. I pray right now, God, that you would make crooked paths straight before us. Reveal your purpose and your plan. Unite hearts, oh God. Things that may be in opposition, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Unity. Unity, oh God. A new vision for a new year in a new decade, oh God. Let this be, oh Lord, the day that you have made. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.